Welcome to Story Story Night, where you hear true stories on a theme, recorded live on stage and without notes. I'm your host, Jessica Holmes. Today, we feel the warm vibes of happiness. Stories of the Pursuit, our joyful December 2011 event. We start off with featured storyteller Trisha Nelson, who sheds more than she bargained for in search of the very shape of happiness. My story of happiness started in a not very happy place. Earlier last year, yes, earlier last year, I weighed over 200 pounds. I was miserable. My clothes didn't fit. I had no energy. And you wonder sometimes how these things can happen to you. You know, you grow up in a normal kind of suburbia. You're, you play in the park. You were never overweight as a kid. You go to college, you climb mountains, you do all kinds of stuff. Um, And then you you get married, you have a kid, and you settle in that American lifestyle of a desk job. And you grow. And you kind of can ignore things because, wow, the sizes go up to 18 and XXXX. You just buy bigger clothes, Um, which is what I did. I just kind of pushed away all those signs that, gosh, Trish, you're getting a little big here. I was already big for my britches mentally, but now I was literally... Um, I kept pushing that away, and then in 2009, my employer has a wellness program, and I went through the screening. I could do the sit-ups okay, though my stomach seemed to be right there in my face with me. But then I got all the test results back, and they had lots of asterisks, and the little bottom of the sheet said, CHD risk, CHD risk. It's coronary heart disease, coronary heart disease. I had... Oh, let's name them. High cholesterol, high triglycerides, uh, high LDL, low HDL, all of those uh, very high resting pulse. Not really good indicators. And yet, even then, it still didn't quite sink in that I better get my button gear. And then one day in work, early last year, I had to run upstairs, probably late for a meeting, and I ran up one flight of stairs. Couldn't breathe at the top. My heart was pounding. I was sweating. And then this terrible thought entered my mind that I was not going to live long enough to see my son get old, see him get married, have kids. That was my wake-up call, that I, could not, um, that I possibly could not live longer than my father, who died when he was 56 years old. As you see, I'm now 52 years old. I was 50 at the time. But then I was paralyzed with, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? I have gone through every start and end of every fitness regime you can imagine. I think I have one of the remaining copies of Jane Fonda's fitness book from the early 80s. If you all remember when Jane Fonda, uh, you remember Vietnam? Well, then she was a fitness uh, guru in the early 80s. So I, I have her book. I may even have a rare copy of her cassette tape that I played in my big old Sony Walkman back then. Um, I have more books on fitness that have really um, never had their pages turned. But here I was, realizing this was it. I really had to do something. And then, oh my gosh, a postcard came in the mail. A new gym was opening up in our neighborhood, not even two miles away. Hmm, has an indoor basketball court. My son loves to play basketball. So we went to go check it out. And I can't say it was a nice, shiny thing like Gold's, but it had basic equipment, 
It had the requisite cardio equipment. It had the, what I call the girly equipment, kind of the little pink machines where the ladies were supposed to go work out. You know? And then it had all the big, big metal um, bars and weights and, all, and lots of mirrors where the guys work out and kind of really kind of look at themselves more than maybe look out. But. So it had a big room where they had group exercises, which really weren't my thing, but we signed up. And then for my son, I decided, well, let's buy him some training sessions. So we bought 20 training sessions for my son. Well, the manager looked at me, looked at my son, who's pretty lean and tall, and said, you know, Mom, you can use some of those for yourself if you want. And I said, oh, I'm not really sure about that. And I was just trying to remember how to get on a stationary bike at that time. So he started training with a trainer, and he kind of enjoyed it. I said, well, this can't be so bad. I'll sign up. I'll, I'll take four of them. I signed up. Had two great sessions with this young little Canadian guy, a student at BSU. And then I showed up for my third session. You don't just show up to work out, you know. You're running home from work. You're changing. You're, you're trying to grab a bottle of water, and you're trying to get a towel, and you're trying to get a little food in you. And then you finally you run there, and you're, you show up hoping that you're not late. And I show up. And they said, oh, we're sorry. He doesn't work here anymore. Oh, man, here we go again. Two sessions in, and I'm derailed. And then at that very moment, another young man stood up from behind the desk and said, I'll train you if you want. Come on, let's go do it. And I looked at him, and I was... It was that Seinfeld episode where he went to the car rental to get his car, you know. (laughs) And he had a reservation, yet there was no car. <laughs> I had a reservation, and I had no trainer, and I was not happy. And yet, how could I say no? This guy, this good-looking young guy, very positive, big smile, wanted to train me. Okay, let's do it. Well, we trained for over a year, just about exactly a year, probably about twice a week, and it changed my life. That singular moment set me on the right path. And I want to tell you, it was a very, very hard year, physically and mentally. I mean, it, it, (laughs) I was telling Megan, it's just if you're a mom, somewhere all that pain of labor goes in that place in your brain where you, it's forgotten. I'm here today, I don't remember any of that pain, but I kind of do a little bit. Um, I learned how to lift weights. I learned how to eat correctly. And that that was actually the longest uh, lesson to learn was how to eat again. Um, you know you had an eating problem when you give your, your dear husband a Valentine's Day card that has orange smears on the outside, and it, you open it up and it says, I love you more than cheese curls. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I think he liked the card, but that, that might have been an early signal I had an issue there. Um, <laughs> But um, early on in the training, a lot of part of of these physical transformations is measuring it. I think the business thing is uh, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Well, same with getting fit. So we came home after I had consulted with my trainer, and my son happened to be there. So he overheard a lot of the metrics that were being discussed. And in the kitchen, my husband said, well, dear, how did it go? I said, it was fine. We set some goals. And My son goes, yeah, Dad, Mom wants to be 140 pounds. And my dear husband looked at my son and said, Joel, you have it wrong. Your mother's already 140 pounds. It has to be a different number. And I gave my son that look of, like, not a word, right? You all know the look. 
I don't know who I loved more at that moment, my son for obeying me, or my husband who proves that love is truly blind. (laughs) But... And from that day forward, only my trainer and I knew my weight. (laughs) And my doctor, I suppose. But there I was. I was starting out. And also at this point, um, I had to go on high blood pressure medicine. Uh, My doctor had given me a bit of a reprieve. She was tracking it. But she said, no, you got to start on the pills. And you'll probably be on them the rest of your life. And I went, oh, okay. Here we go. I had bad genes to go with the rest of it, but didn't want to use that as an excuse. So I trained. I learned how to lift weights. I learned this thing called burpees. And if I didn't have the skirt on, I could probably demonstrate. But a burpee is basically a squat jump down into a push-up. And I looked at a YouTube video of this beautiful young woman who just cranked out 14 burpees and went, okay, and I could do two. (laughs) And then, you know, month went by and another month and another month. I could do 10 burpees. I could do 15 burpees. I started picking up 10, 15, 20-pound dumbbells. I didn't need my trainer as much. I went, uh, he taught me how to navigate the bodybuilding.com site, and all the videos are there, all the nice people, all the over 40 workouts are there, all of the recipes and all of that. And I said, oh, this is pretty good. I can, I'm getting the hang of it now. And now here I am. Um, Part of it, as the, as the months rolled by, the clothes started getting baggy, too. And one day, the receptionist at work said, um, Trisha, can you come over here? I said, what is it, Suzanne? She said, lose the clown pants. Your, your butt is sagging. <laughs> and I didn't realize my pants had gotten so big on me that they were sagging in the back. Not a good look. So I spent one whole day, and I cleaned my closet. And it was just like a dream. And I mean clean my closet. I mean I took everything out of the closet. Everything. Clean the closet. And I only put back in things that fit. With two exceptions. And I'll talk about those. And things that I loved. Because that part of loving myself was loving what I wore. And so I ended up with six or seven big boxes of clothes that were left. And they were gone. They went to charity. Actually, my trainer's mother liked a lot of them. So I gave them to her. (laughs) She appreciated that. Um, so there I had been, a size 18, and I was down to a size 10. And the one um, piece of car- uh, clothing that I kept, which my trainer had said, always keep a pair of your fat pants. So on, uh, I think it was just about our last time we trained together in the gym, I surprised him. I went back to the dressing room with my secretly hidden fat pants while he was up front, And I put them on. Only this time, I could fit two legs in one leg. But then I realized I couldn't move. (laughs) I couldn't walk out. I was trying to hop. (laughs) Um, And so I I called him on his cell phone from the dressing room and said, hey, come back here. And I'll never forget. There was somebody who saw me who just started laughing. He's like, what, are you in trouble? What's the matter? And then he realized what he was looking at, and he just laughed. It was a, a, I was incredibly happy, goofy moment in my life of just realizing how far I had come. But uh, fast forward to just a few months ago, I am um, incredibly happy with my new self and, and happy in the ways that 
are really odd. It's like I had this big cosmetic surgery, but I didn't. Because people that I had known for years and years in Boise would walk by me on the street and not say hello. At first I thought, was it, you know, did I make them mad at me or something? And then it dawned on me, they didn't recognize me. They literally did not recognize me unless I called out their name. And that was really strange for me. Um, But incredibly happy. I could see I was making my dreams real. All of the work, everything was happening. I was feeling confident. I was feeling strong. And it was showing up because people didn't recognize me, which was a very strange experience if if, uh, you have gone through that. Um, But I was so happy with myself that I sent the CEO of bodybuilding.com a message. And I said, you know, I just want to say thank you. I've had this transformation. I've I've um, loved the company um, in terms of your products, your service, the staff at your store over on Milwaukee Street. Everyone's really helped me. I just want to say thank you for that. Well, at one point then, my, a young friend of mine, my son's trainer, sent me a text that said, well, it didn't say anything. It was a, kind of a picture of me. I'm like, what is that? And so I said, you know, I texted him back. What is that? He goes, well, that's the CEO's email, that he's, your email that he sent to every employee in the company. Okay, <laughs> because part of my story helped encourage those employees to realize they weren't just selling stuff, they weren't just an IT company pushing stuff out over the internet, that they actually were helping people find their health, find their happiness. And so he then asked me if I would speak at their holiday party. Of course, I mean, free party? I work in the public sector. Private sector holiday parties, please invite me. (laughs) A profitable private sector company, yes, please invite me. So of course you say yes to that invitation. And so it was just a week ago Friday we went, and we had a wonderful time. And yet I'm pretty sure my husband and I were probably in the top five oldest people in the ballroom. But I decided, you know, if you're asked at age 52 to speak to, I mean, you guys are all wonderful, but bodybuilding.com, I was actually more nervous because those people are all hot. <laughs> okay? They're all, they're all really hot. And I was not even going to try to keep up with that, but I decided I better get a nice outfit, which is what I'm wearing tonight for you all. But I had to go shopping for that. Thank you. <laughs> I went to a store in Bodo, and I've been a size 10 for several months, so I asked the ladies, a size 10, please. Well, we only have it in an 8, Mrs. Nelson. I said, okay. So to be polite, I said, well, I'll take it, and I'll try to, you know, get it over the mama hips here. And it worked. And I started crying. And I thought, why am I crying? This is happy. This is the happiest thing. And then it dawned on me that the other piece of clothing in my closet was a dress that I had worn to my father's funeral in 1986, and it was a size 8. And I had saved it, as you do, you save certain things because of their emotional attachment. I hadn't realized at that moment that I had overcome the health issues. I had gotten my wellness report. All the asterisks are gone. Um, My doctor took me off my high blood pressure medicine, and I'm feeling awesome. (laughs) And I think back of, you know, when I was so unhappy and when I was training and things were so, so hard, I kept trying to do push-ups. And I said, I don't have any chest muscles to my trainer. He goes, yes, you do. They're in there. We just need to find them. (laughs) Or I'd be doing skull crushers with like a 30-pound bar. I'm up to 40 pounds now. It's triceps exercise. I said, I don't have any tricep muscles. He goes, 
Yes, you do. We just have to find them. And now with my happiness, I just want to tell you all, it's all there. You just have to find it. Thank you. Thanks, Tricia. On the third Monday of every month, join us at the Story Story Studio. Tonight, it's To the Page, where you learn how to write it out with instructor Elizabeth McKetta. This free workshop starts at 7 p.m. at Colmar Coffeehouse in Bodo. Now, story slammer Lizzie Duffy starves for the delight of maternal affection. I went last December because I put my name in four times. I didn't tell Jessica that. (laughs) But I only put it in once this time. (laughs) Because I didn't know if I'd get picked. But um, this is a really short story about my mom. Um, You know, a lot of people, since I've gone to college, you know, it's just me, the individual, and people are like, you're so sassy, you're so, you know, just sass me all the time and stuff. And I get it from my mom. Um, She's a very sassy lady. (laughs) And she's always very determined. So anything that she wants to do, it's like she becomes obsessed with it and she needs to do it. So um, last, or three years ago, we had her obsession was the master cleanse diet. Has anybody done that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, what it is is you don't eat for 10 days and you just have uh, lemon juice, cayenne pepper, and two tablespoons of organic maple syrup <laughs> with eight ounces of water. Uh, at least, I don't know, it was like six times a day, and um, that's all you have for 10 days, and you have to take laxatives, which is awful. <laughs> so, um, so I come home from college, it's my first year away. I'm really excited to be home because I was super, super homesick, and my mom is like, oh, well, I'm going to do this diet, and it's going to be super cool and super fun, and you know, all this stuff about it, and I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> cool. <laughs> but um, So she tells me that Uh, someone who's going to do it with her is a good family friend of ours who's the same age as me. And she's like, yeah, so Kelly's going to do it with me. And it's going to be pretty, pretty fun. At least it's like, it's good to do it with somebody and it helps you get through those 10 days together. And all I can think is, why why didn't you ask me? Like, (laughs) like if anyone should be asked not to eat for 10 days, it should be me over this family friend. So... um, So now the master cleanse became my obsession, and so right before we're going to do it, she hands over the book to me, and I didn't read it at all. I just went off of what she's told me to do. I made it like two days, and I got really, really hungry, and I ate a sandwich, which she doesn't know until she listens to this podcast. (laughs) So... I was working at a, at a go-kart track. They had a company come through that had the whole thing catered, and I couldn't eat any of the food. Like, I was really doing this for my mom. <laughs> and I got to day five, and I had gotten really woozy, and so she's flipping through the book, and she's like, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you, you know? And I'm like, uh, yeah, like, I think I was only having three glasses a day. Like, that's really not good. <laughs> So um, she said, okay, well, I'll make you some orange juice. You know, you, like, you're going to start eating tomorrow. Like, I just don't want you to do this anymore. And, um, you know, a part of me felt kind of bad. I had only made it five days. Um, but when I thought about it, like, the real reason that I had done this, the real reason that I was, had not eaten for five days except for the sandwich, and the real reason that I, you know, listened to my mom talk endlessly about this is because I was homesick, and I really wanted to find some way to connect with her. And so if it meant 
eating or just drinking lemon juice, cayenne pepper, maple syrup, and water, which actually isn't so bad except, you know, it's old after a while. Um, You know, the real reason that I did it was for my mom. And so, you know, sometimes the pursuit of happiness is about starving yourself. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening. Story Story Night is brought to you by fearless leaders, yours truly, Jessica Holmes, Anna Dimitrianis, and Jane Stead, as well as studio instructors Elizabeth McKetta and Kate Riley. Theme song, music, and podcast production are by the smile-inducing Dan Costello. Hear more at hearcostello.com. Our partners include Boise State Public Radio, the Boise State Story Initiative, Neighborhood All-Stars, The Rose Room, Bricolage, and Red Feather. A big thanks goes out to our Story Think Tank and volunteers. Join us on the podcast next week for another crack at happiness. Learn more at storystorynight.com.